spiritual. I'm your host, Annie, and I'm here with my bestie, Ashley, and we'd love for you to join us as we discuss all aspects of spirituality and wellness. So sit back, take a breath, and let's get spiritual. Hello, hello, we're back. Hi, guys. So we're piggybacking off childhood trauma from the last episode. Hope and it didn't trigger today, anything because yeah. it's back. <laughs> we're back to trigger some more. Um, so yeah, we're in this episode going to touch on different like aspects and situations of what childhood trauma could have looked like for us who are trying to identify these situations. And again, we're not here to point fingers or be mad. We're here to identify a situation that occurred without a lot of judgment. There's emotions, but we don't have to judge. Yeah. Judgment doesn't have to be one of those emotions. And we mentioned in the last episode, and I really just feel like it needs to be drilled home again for this episode, but also just try to remember this in life in general, people can only meet you to where they are. Yeah. So again, you might've had a crusty childhood. Yes. I'm sure even your adult figures in your life that were a part of it could probably say, yeah, I could have done stuff better. We're not here to judge those people. We're not here to blame those people. We're here to acknowledge the fact that those people that unfortunately may have let you down in life were probably also let down in life as well. And they're literally just surviving and reacting from a place that, 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 that's all they know. Yeah. 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 So, and again, like it's just about identifying it, working through it and learning how we can move forward and not cause these same kind of things for other people in our personal relationships and to the children. Yeah. Your parents. And I really think too, another thing that I really want to drive home again, because this is still the same day. Like we're, we like to record two episodes at a shot. So I'm still reeling off. We're still on. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely think that it's, um, important to also just realize that though you may be on a path of changing and you may be trying to figure out your triggers and your traumas and how to work through it does not mean the people that cause these things to you or not cause, but have you feeling these ways doesn't mean that they're going to do the same thing. Or so you kind of have to be okay with just working on yourself. For it either. Yeah. You have to like, there's a lot of acceptance here and you're, it's weird. It's one of those like weird, um, like paradoxes where you can accept a situation, but still be pissed off about it. Yeah. Like very much so. And a lot of therapists will say that too. I have one, his name is therapy. Jeff. He's on you Instagram. Love therapy, I Jeff. love I'm on Instagram. therapy. This Jeff. isn't any kind of advertisement. No, he's amazing. Um, but he talks a lot about that kind of relationship type of issues, mm-hmm. but a lot of them say like, you can be upset about a situation and also understand the situation. Like that you can have more than one emotion around a situation at the same time. Well, and, and that's just a more lot than one thing can is. be true at a time. You can be understanding and empathetic of a person who put you in a situation, but you, you can also in, yeah. be mad at them. And you can also like not want to associate with them. Like all of that stuff can, can be happening be simultaneously, which is why healing and growing is one of the most horrible and beautiful things that you will ever experience in your life. That is facts. So let's roll into some of these different situations. Mm -hmm. The first one I want to start with is called parentification. That is such a word. Looking at it, it's such a word. (laughs) So this is where a child helps manage a parent's emotions. It may look like a parent just emotionally dumping onto their children. And it's like all these adult problems, i.e. like, let's be friends. Yeah. Yeah. 
a six-year-old should not be should hearing not be your friend it. first of no. all <laughs> no and maybe it could be a situation where the parents weren't present either emotionally or even completely physically, physically like yeah, they, they just have this kind of job or they're always on the road and mm-hmm. not physically present and that also like the, that parent who's not present because of work has to understand that there's a lot of making up to do when you are present like you have to still let your kid know that it's safe, that I'm safe. I may not be here present, but I'm here for you and I support you. And, if- and you have to like be about it. Don't just talk about it. Cause yeah. that's another thing that just people in general, not even just people raising little people, like you have to follow do through. things. Yeah. You have to say the things. Yes. But you have to follow through. You have you to have be to. about it. You can't just talk about it. And that's in my own personal experience. I've had a lot of people in my life not follow through. And it's still one of my biggest triggers and struggles as an adult Mm -hmm. is trusting anyone who says anything to me, because how can I, I had so many situations where the trust was broken from very important people to me. And it's still like, I, I, I fight it in my own body. I feel it when it comes up and I have to like, again, my internal dialogue is something else people. Cause (laughs) I like sit here and I'm like, no, bitch, it's okay. Like this person you can trust and they yeah. haven't given you any reason not to trust them yet. So give a little more trust. And like, it's like a spiral of just self-talk and mm-hmm. working through it. So yeah, it's a lot. lot. Yeah. So in this type of traumas, basically the child doesn't have a chance to just be a kid. And a lot of parents don't realize they're doing it because they want to be like that friend and their parent probably did the same thing to them. So it kind of just feels natural. But what happens from this is these kids grow up into adults. They're likely going to not put their own needs first. They're going to put their (laughs) desires to the side. I'm sorry. I know you literally told me about this as we're walking in about your session today. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. So like it literally happens. And again, like when I say the parent wasn't there, like, yeah, maybe they showed up to every soccer game or every dance recital or every football game, every concert yeah. you went to, and they took you all the to McDonald's for the happy meal. And they did all the things that made you happy. But then when you were like, I'm scared about this, or I'm having emotional reactions, like, well, get over it. Or, I don't have time for this. Yeah. So like, yes, they were there, but maybe they weren't there in the emotional aspect and yeah. to give you the comfort and the emotional security you need to feel yourself and, and being there emotionally since i obviously have this, this is fresh this is fresh um and that's the thing like sometimes people can be there emotionally when it's convenient for them yeah. or when it maybe makes them look a certain way to other yeah. people yeah but yeah it's that lack of being there emotionally in a time where the child where needed some extra oomph and not yeah, and the basic like show pony situation where yeah and it's not kid. convenient for yeah. the parent to have to deal with yeah like, that's a that's a big one and like after like not even that like these kids regardless of the not physical presence or emotional presence mm-hmm. still have to look at these parents as their caretakers. Like these people are still the ones feeding them. And yeah. so regardless, there's this like loyalty built mm-hmm. and they kind of then just develop to allow people to walk all over them for you just to not put your needs first. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to not have boundaries because there were no boundaries set as an example for you as a yeah. kid. So then it becomes like really hard to set yeah. boundaries <laughs> as an adult. And so it's like an meet your needs first, because yeah. then there's like the, and the parents look at all that I've done for you over the years. I've done so much for you. You're not going to do this for me. It's like, well, 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 like 
you chose to have me. You literally did the required to- things to take care of a whole human. Yeah. Thanks. And like, <laughs> yeah, you like you took care of me, but like you maybe you didn't take care of me in a way that I needed it. And like they like I feel like a lot of people like to slap that guilt on. Like still I raised you. You're fine. Yeah. It's like Am I fine? I go to therapy pretty often and I cry a lot. I cry a lot. There's times where I can't breathe. Am I really And a lot of times those parents have a hard time empathizing with their kids because they don't see and they don't they don't want to see that maybe they failed in a certain way right that they and not even feel that they could have maybe just done better yeah and (laughs) because I feel like that's every parent's like I don't want to be a failure yeah I don't want to be a failure. You cannot be a failure and still maybe not have hit the mark. I think what it means to not be a failure is to acknowledge that you may miss the ball sometimes Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge you are not a perfect person. Yeah. There's no, I don't believe in failure personally. And I would love for everyone else to get on this train too, (laughs) because no one, the who set the standard to perfect and fail. Yeah, like, no, exactly. There is no, this is perfect. This is failure. It's different for everyone. Everyone has their own spectrum of life and it's different for everybody. Everybody's living their own separate lives. Yeah. Like you're here for your own separate purpose. So to have a across the board standard of success and failure is like completely just disregarding the fact that we're all individuals. Exactly. Living our lives. With yeah. different types of lives. Mm-hmm. And like, even if I quote unquote fail at doing something, it's not end all be all okay I try again exactly and maybe you (laughs) try again failed because that just wasn't the path you were supposed to be on I think quote unquote because I'm not going to call it a real word failures Mm -hmm. (laughs) like help us better identify what is for us and what we're actually supposed to be doing they're better identifiers than actual failures yeah keeps us on what our actual track is and off the track that we're not supposed to be on so yeah (laughs) So then there's that like was just the first one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeez, okay, I know, let's go. Let's keep going. <laughs> so again, we go into like the emotionally unavailable and completely unavailable physically parents. Um, so maybe again, they're present in our lives and with these like functions, but they're not emotionally present. So then we kind of fill this void as mm-hmm. adults too. And there's a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms that come out yeah. of childhood traumas. I mean, <laughs> most of I the people like, I've had men and I had in my life could be an indicator. Of yeah, I really feel like a lot of people turn to like a lot of the classic unhealthy coping mechanisms, like the alcohol, the drugs, pornography, food, yeah. just a lot of unhealthy things that don't, that, that mask the situation or mm-hmm. help release the serotonin to keep us out of the depression of the situation yeah. has left us in. Um, but it also creates a lot of deep loneliness. Like you don't feel heard. You don't feel like your needs are ever met. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you can express needs because you were never able to as a right. kid. So as an adult, that's something I feel like I express needs, but I don't know that again, that I always had the emotional response to satisfy And you also don't necessarily maybe have the trust that the person you're expressing your needs to is even hearing it, understanding it and will do something about it. Yeah, exactly. So like I can express all I want, but it's just like, okay. Or, you know, even Mm -hmm. to anyone, um, you know, sometimes it's within our own friendships where you're trying to really like have an an emotional expression and they're Mm kind of like on their phone, like, oh yeah. uh So like having someone who's not like, it just really digs into like the validation Mm -hmm. self-esteem part of ourselves like I need extra validation now in my relationships because 
I question a lot of things mm-hmm. and I have a lot of anxieties from not feeling worthy and for not feeling like my needs matter, that my needs can't, can't even be met. I feel like I am too much and too needy a lot of the yeah. times. And it's still something that I'm working on where it's like, no, you're just a normal person with normal yeah. needs. It's okay. Exactly. And even when you're in a situation where you have a safe environment, I like, I personally still need that external validation. Although I know I'm in a safe place and I yeah. know I can have my needs met and I know I can express them. It, it's, it's crazy that you still need extra comfort mm-hmm. and that's where it comes from within. Yeah. Like, again, I can have all this ex- great safe space, but if I don't tell myself that it's okay to have needs, it's okay to set boundaries and it's okay to do these things and doesn't really. Yeah, no. And I mean, for my own personal experience, I just, I am a people pleaser as good and bad as that is. It's because I, I always needed that, like you had to perform. I had to perform to get like, you know, that Uh, attention attention that I wanted. So I definitely in you know, I made that crack about the men in my life in the past, but I really think that that's not really, that is what part <laughs> of it was, was that I was looking for that outside person to be like, no, you do count. No, I am here for you. And things like that. Cause yeah. Ew, I'm having a realization as we're talking about this, but yeah, <laughs> like definitely again, though the people in my life, i.e., my parents were there for me physically in, in different ways. There was other ways that, they were focusing on their own survival that they weren't yeah, necessarily there for me in the, the way that I needed growing up. And that's like so the perfect way to put it in situations yeah. where there wasn't actual like serious physical abuse. Like again, yeah. like the parent, our parents were great parents mm-hmm. in a sense, but also didn't know in their own mind from their own situations and weren't at a place that they could provide exactly what we needed. And that's like mm-hmm. why it's so important to, for anyone thinking of having kids to really it has to be a conscious effort. Like you have to be ready. You have to be ready and you have to like, you know, again, I love my parents. Sometimes I don't like them, but I love them. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, like my dad was a big worker. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that, you know, going into having kids, you, you know, you have to make this money, you have to be able to, to support them, but you also have to realize that in that constant drive to want to support them, you're physically not going to be there. And in a way that is going to have a negative impact on that child as they're growing up. So it's like you, it, it, again, I don't uh, parents deserve all the props in the yes. world because it's hard as hell. That's why I'm choosing not to be one. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you literally, and you know, my situation, my dad just wanted to make sure we had a roof over yeah. our head and that's in doing so innocent. he wasn't always there when I maybe yeah. needed him. So, and that's yeah. like one of those completely innocent, like I'm doing the best that I can yeah. for my family. And this is the best way that I know how. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't be mad at someone for that. They no, did their best. But at the same time, he was literally trying this hard. Yeah. And he did a great job at doing that. Yeah. But also because of that, when you had the emotional aspect or that emotional part of you that needed to be fulfilled, he there wasn't because of him doing that path, not available to provide right. in this. And path. that potentially also affected my mom's emotional needs. Yeah. Too. And so, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, just a lot. It's, it's a lot of big a mess jumble. Lot. <laughs> and a, a lot with the like parentification and the not present parents, what a lot that happens is we develop these needs to overachieve perfectionism, mm-hmm. to try to get some type of recognition or attention. Yeah. And like you said it earlier, I'm and- probably so good in my career right now because of my need to please people. <laughs> 
<laughs> and sometimes Ew. it's like pulling teeth for this attention. I don't know if you ever heard of the term breadcrumbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of you get like you get just enough attention to yeah, keep you along just to, and, just to shut you and up. sometimes yeah. that happens <laughs> with our our caregivers, our relationships mm-hmm. with them over the years. Like there's that guilt and that like, I'll give you a little bit of attention when you do all the good things and yeah. you keep following good following the breadcrumbs there. Yeah. So all right, moving on to the next one. So this one's the chaotic environment where there is a lot of yelling, door slamming, drama, high stress that like always on edge environment and unfortunately it breaks my heart that there's so many people that grow up in these situations and it's sad to me that the people yelling and screaming are the ones who've had it in their households growing up like i don't think these behaviors just come out of nowhere i think there's a lot of repressed energy and emotion that just explodes so and a lot of times it's you people are literally like parroting what they saw growing up they can't literally can't help it because they think that this is normal this type of behavior like makes a child retreat go within feel scared and anxious and it's as adults it's easy to remain stuck in this mindset and like how we said we kind of sometimes thrive in chaos and stress Mm -hmm. it's because of situations like this where we were exposed at a young age to chaotic and stressful environments and you survived through it so your psyche immediately goes i'm gonna survive even though this is wrong and crazy and i should be in this situation i survived through worse like that's not how your mindset should be and that creates a trauma response as adults as hypervigilance where you're always on edge you're just jumpy like i don't know if you ever turned the corner and someone was there and they're like oh my god like yeah. that, like over response mm-hmm. or like stress happens and like, oh my God, this, uh, that, and they just like go off. And that's because yeah. they don't know how to have a trigger and have a calm. Well, just how to regulate response. that, those yeah. emotions and those reactions to those situations. Yeah. And there's situations where like, you may have had a parent who like yelled or freaked out at the mess you made. Um, and then like they come home and like, oh, look at this mess. You made this mess or you didn't get the grades. You should have studied harder and you should have done this. And then you're apologizing to like, or you're forced, like go apologize to your parent or your father or your mother for, for doing this and for making that mess and not cleaning it up. So then like you're apologizing to someone who made you feel scared when you should really like, they should, be apologizing uh, for the reaction that they had. Yeah. To something. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I had this reaction. I'm sorry. I screamed so loudly. I just want you to know that I was very frustrated from work and I came home and seeing that really made me just go off the edge. But I want you to know that I understand you were home all day. You were doing a kid. It's just when you, when you do this, we got to clean it up and yeah. like have that kind of conversation with kids. I know it's hard to do that with a three-year-old or a toddler. Yeah, no, I mean, there's some situations where you just cannot have but this like, kind of conversation, but yeah, like honestly, scare tactic tactics are not the way to go. Yeah. I, I hate it so much. Um, you should be making your child feel safe, not scared. Um, there are effective, healthy ways to approach a child and teach them about their behavior. That's mm-hmm. not correct. And how it's affecting other people without having to yell or make them feel shamed for it or scared about it. Yeah. And I think that one is huge. And I think it's, it's so, it's so easy under the stress that every person is under mm-hmm. for something to just tip them off. Right. And to just react and not necessarily take that moment to go, okay, mommy had a really rough day at work yeah. and I took that out on you. And I know you're little and don't understand this, but I'm yeah. sorry for the way I reacted. Yeah, And I'm not <laughs> saying to not have these reactions. Yeah. Sometimes they happen beyond our control exactly. and it's just in the moment, but coming down to that level and telling the child, like, 
I reacted in a way that was inappropriate. And I think what you displayed here was what triggered me in that. And like talking to kids about that is really important and teaching them ways without yelling or screaming. I mean, as an adult, if you're learning a new job, do you want to get screamed at? Pretty much. Like, I think sometimes people forget that like kids don't pop out knowing anything. Like they literally, they don't know what emotions are. They don't know how they should quote unquote be behaving. They don't know anything. And I think that your example with a new job is the perfect way for people to maybe take a step back and think about it. When you start something new, you don't know anything either. And if a person immediately just started screaming and yelling at you, you, like you're supposed to know what the hell's going on. Yeah. You would have a very adverse reaction to that. And like someone who's learning just life and how to live to just constantly be yelled at for doing wrong things teaches like it doesn't give them an, it makes them very, uh, that hypervigilance that right. on edge, like, am I doing everything right? Is everything I'm doing? Okay. Am I going to do this? Okay. Yeah. And like, it just, well, and I mean, in this example too, if, if you're getting yelled at for something you don't understand as an adult, you're capable of going, ah, uh, excuse me, don't speak to me like that. And having a conversation now, imagine being a four-year-old and getting screamed at like that. You, you don't can't even have the that. mental capacity to be like, um, hi, this is mean, or I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, I literally, you wonder why childhood trauma is a thing. Well, <laughs> yeah. And that causes like, especially this one causes a lot of fear and rejection and Mm -hmm. fear of rejection um, where kids just want to be loved and want to feel loved. And maybe they don't feel that in their environment at Mm -hmm. home. And then they seek it in really unhealthy ways. They put themselves in situations where they're in relationship after relationship and it's very toxic and trying to just fill voids and they can become deeply disassociated. Um, I feel like with my ADHD, I naturally disassociate, but, and also because of some of my experiences, it's really easy for me to be physically present, but mentally not somewhere because I just can't with this situation. Yeah. It's almost, that's almost become a coping mechanism. Well, I, was gonna say, I was always like the kid with the great imagination. Cause I was not physically like mentally in a situation. I'd just be like off somewhere else. Like, okay, yeah, we're just gonna do this. Just make up something else that's happening right now. Cause this is gross. Yeah. Yeah. And it also brings up a lot of that, like worthiness and like sense of self. Am I good enough? Um, you know, that's, I think almost everyone struggles with a sense of worthiness and I don't know if that's just society as a whole. Yeah. Cause it's like varying degrees, but also, um, are you a human being on the planet in the year of 2022? It's kind of gross out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, not great. Yeah. But we are all worthy and we all are valid. We all have needs. They're not too much. Like it's all okay. Yeah. These things, it's just, it's, it sucks that we we're all here talking about it and that they exist, but we also now as adults can help work through them and put them as parts of you know, who we are not Mm -hmm. to, we're not hiding anything away. We're just accepting it as part of ourselves and working and learning from it all. Yeah. Part of being a healthy adult, you know, surviving, or I'm sorry, not surviving, but thriving and not surviving is being able to acknowledge these things, acknowledge that, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I am a perfect work in progress and that things are, you know, not always going to stay the same and I can work through these emotions and I can become a better person. And hopefully in turn, you're able to help other people become better versions of themselves as well. Exactly. Yeah. I love that when you're, you're perfect, even though you're still working on yourself, like, and, and even at my worst, 
I was still a good person. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's still okay. We've all made terrible mistakes. We've all probably really hurt people at some point in our lives, but it doesn't mean we're not worthy. We're not valid. We don't have needs and we're not exactly. basic human beings trying to live a life. So, yeah, oh, oh, that was a couple the, of them. That was a couple. <laughs> My fingers got crazy. So basically, <laughs> <was> good, yes. <laughs> All of these feelings and experiences, responses are like stuck in our bodies because they were the only example of like how life is and how life works when we were just learning about how to go about living at that time. And we can go on for hours on this topic, but we'll probably visit some more of it. I mean, it's always going to be a thing because it's always part of your journey and it's, it's a part of your experiences are a part of who you are. So they're always going to be a part of your life. Even if you work through it as best you can, you can do all the therapy, all the self help and healing. And then one day someone just says something and you're brought right back to that spot again. Yep. And that's why, you know, being on that spiritual path, get curious about those things, get curious about your path, get Mm -hmm. curious about your triggers, evaluate them, dig into them, have space for them work on releasing them. There's physical, there's a lot of physical exercises that work with like hips in your root chakra that oh my um, God, that was my problem. Remember when I was like, I don't know why I'm all emotional. And it's because I was doing a lot of hip stretching. Yeah. I really think and that was part of it. It's because it's again, these, these things are stored in our root and sacral chakras. So doing a lot of like hip movements and exercises helps release a lot of that stored mm-hmm. trauma and it may come out in different emotional. I know there's a lot of yoga teachers out there and practitioners who even say like throughout this class, you may have a emotions come up mm-hmm. and it's because you're working different areas of your body that hold energy and you're releasing it as yeah. you stretch and stuff. So crusty and beautiful all at yeah, the same time. That's the healing journey. <laughs> it's wonderful, but now it's tarot time and that's wonderful too. I know I'm excited to see yes. what these uh, cards are. So while Ashley shuffles her cards, we'll take our three breaths. We're going to do three counts in and a nice five count out three times starting now. Inhale one two, three, exhale, one, two, three, four, and five, inhale, two, exhale, last one, and release it all out, shake it out if you have to. Get those cards. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just decided not to pop done. right out of the end. I was about to go, okay, oh, it looks like we're uh, just getting two cards and then gosh, one just flipped out. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. So if you remember the tarot episode, like, I don't know. Tarot is different for everybody. Some people are super, they just look at it and they go. I'm more of a feeler kind of person. The cards come out. If they come out the way that they come out, cool, but I kind of feel like this should be a little bit different than it came out. So we have the seven of pentacles. We have the nine of pentacles and we have the world. So I did switch up the order a little bit because I feel like this is more of a, it kind of, I almost feel like it ties into our last, uh, our last spread about putting in the work and, and just, you know, having that faith and trust in yourself that things are going to work out the way that you want to. Yeah. Uh, this, the seven of pentacles, this man is obviously he's done the work. He's planted the seeds. He's now just waiting to kind of harvest. And I feel like the nine of pentacles really is just a reminder that 
well, let me go back a little bit. The seven of pentacles is a reminder that if you are putting that work in, keep, keep doing it, keep having yeah. faith. You have to keep being patient. I am the least patient person in the world. So I hate that I even just said that out loud, but <laughs> you do have to remain patient because at the end of it, you know, when the time is right, things are going to yeah, flourish and be the way that they are. I love this card too, just because she's a bad bitch. She's got like yeah. golden robes on. A bird? I'm you know, sorry. I don't like birds, but <laughs> she's got this like pigeon thing. I don't know, whatever. She's got a pet. She seems to like she, there's um, pentacles and, and gold pieces all around her. So I really do think that, you know, whoever this message really resonates with, keep being patient. It's going to work itself out. Um, and then again, we end with the world. This one literally popped out when I was trying yeah. to be done. So the world to me just really is a reminder that I feel like the message is that you have the world in the palm of your hands. You can literally control everything and, and your reactions to things and how you take things on. And I really think that it, it even almost ties back to just this episode about yep. really acknowledging things, acknowledge your worth and realize that you have the control to make the you changes your in your life that yeah. you want to see. So I love that. Yeah. Be patient. Keep working on yourself have faith in yourself, have value in yourself. And if you do, you'll be this bad bougie bitch. bad bitch with this horrible bird. But no whatever. bird, no bird for Ashley. <laughs> Mine isn't going to be a bird. Maybe yours is a bird and I'm here for it too, but don't have that bird anywhere near me. Yes, I, like so I love it, that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ashley. And yes. thank you all for listening. I hope you all get to be the parent to yourself that you've always deserved and mm -hmm. still hold love and space for the parent who maybe wasn't there for you the way yes. you deserve them to be. They had a hard life too. recognize. Yes. And as always, stay spiritual. Yes. yes. Bye, everybody. Bye.